Hey, this is John Strausser, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast. And I want to continue today from last week's talk about love. Um, I was asking the Lord throughout the week, you know, should we continue or start a new topic? Um, but it is on my heart to stay on this topic of love, and we titled it Let's Talk About Love, so we're just going to continue with that. But I'm going to stay in one chapter today. We're going to be in First John 4. And, you know, like 1 Corinthians 13, we were in there last week. This chapter in 1 John could also be considered one of those love chapters. It's very much about God's love, and it's very straightforward. John's writing was very, very straightforward. And I'm going to be reading out, out of a translation of the Bible called the Passion Translation. It's not one of my favorite translations. Uh, but I do use it. I look at a lot of translations when we're studying and really doing a deep dive into some of the scripture verses. But this one does portray First John, the area that I'm in, very much in line with what I want to say. It does a great job of it, actually. So I'm just going to use that. So if it's not totally familiar to you, don't worry. It's just uh, another translation. So I want to start in First John 4. And we're going to be in verse 7. We're going to start there. And here it is. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. Because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. 1 John, let me stop here. 1 John is very much about telling us that God loved us first. And if you don't see that, you could misunderstand some of what John is saying here. Because sometimes John says something like, um, if you love your neighbor, then God is in you. It almost sounds like you have to do something first, then God will come into you. It's not really what he's saying. This verse 8 here from the Passion Translation kind of says what I'm trying to say. It says, the one who doesn't love has yet to know God. It's a way of saying God has to be in us first. We have to see that he loved us first in order to love others. And that's how love functions. We can't just say one day, I'm just going to love everybody and God is nowhere in sight. It doesn't work. Uh, we will eventually fail in, in that mission we need to know God's love for us. And this is an area where Christians need to grow because we kind of get it backwards. We feel that I better love my neighbors and my family and wife and husband and kids more so God loves me more. And that is not the way this really works. It's the opposite. So when you read First John, no matter which Bible you're reading it out of, know that the premise is that because God loved us, and he does say that directly in this chapter. I think we're going to read that verse pretty soon. You'll see it. Because God loved us first, then we love him. Jesus taught about that. If somebody was forgiven much, they love much. You see, so God came to us first out of love. God sent his son to a sin-sick world that didn't love him. He did that first. And in return, when we received God, we received love, and his love was shed abroad in our hearts, you see? And then we were able to share that love. And that is why I'm kind of using this translation today. I'll start at 7 again. Verse 7, it says, those who are loved by God. 
you see. So we realize, okay, we're, we're loved by God first. Then it says, let his love, God's love, continually pour from you to one another because God is love. So you can see that's the, the order in which this love works. God loves us first, then we love one another. Okay, so I'll just start fresh again, right from verse 7. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might love through him. So you see, again, he's bringing that point out. God's love shined in us because he sent his son to the world so that we might live through him. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, this is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. So John is just driving this point home. And in verse 11, he says, Loved ones, if he loved us with such a tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. And that's true. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to its full expression in us. John is saying here in verse 12 that when we are loving one another, when we allow the love of God to flow through us, we're, we're having this relationship with God. And love in us is being brought to a full expression. God's love is being brought to his full expression right through us. That's what he's saying. And 13, and he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. In verse 14, it says, Moreover, we have seen, now John was talking about when they actually saw Jesus. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify the truth that the Father God sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God live in God and God lives in them. He's saying that those who saw this, who give thanks because they know that God sent his son Jesus and that Jesus was the Savior of the world. God's living in them because they believe. That's all John is saying. This is very simple, actually. In verse 16, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love that he has for us. That's really important here. That's a foundational need for Christians today. I'll read verse 16 again. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. We saw that God the Father sent his son for us because he loved us. He made a way for us to receive salvation and to receive the love of God. And it says, and we trust, we believe in the love he, God the Father, has for us. You see, so this, John is really trying to bring home this idea that God loved us first, that he sent his son to prove it. And this is all intermixed with the topic of love. It's interesting that, that John is saying the gospel, God sending his son, was his expression of love to us. And like I was saying a minute ago, this is foundational 
and is a foundational need, I should say, for Christians today. Many Christians really don't know that God loves them. They're afraid of God or they, have, uh, they, they flinch when they get in God's presence wondering if God is displeased with them or you, you did something wrong, you know you did something, whatever it was, and, and so you're afraid of God. But John is really driving home here that God did love us and he loved us when we were not yet lovely. We were still in our sin. We were still messed up. We were still lost. He loved us when we were in that condition. And he saved us without any question at all. When, when we saw that Jesus was the Son of God, all we had to do was, is say, yes, we believe. I believe in the Son of God. And when we received him into our heart, he didn't put us through some sort of test of how good we are. He already knew we were in sin. And it's important to know that God the Father does love us. And when we receive Jesus into our hearts, God sees Jesus in us. We were made righteous. He loves us. And for those of us who are Christians, we have to also understand that God has that same love for people who are in the world who have not yet received Jesus. He loves those people. He died for those people. He died for us and he died for them. He died for them all. And, and in today's world, we can get very frustrated with others when we see what they're doing. And it's hard sometimes for us to realize, oh my God, lo God loves them too. But let me go on. This is such a beautiful depiction of love that John is making here. And this is still a continuation of, um, actually, I'll just start at verse 16 and just go right from the beginning there from verse 16. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Verse 17 is really interesting. He's saying by living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us because that's what God will do. He will love through us. And it says that we would have confidence in the day of, of judgment, meaning in that last and final day, we will stand confidently in Jesus because we are in him. And as he is, so are we in this world. But I want to move on to 18 because this is where a lot of what I want to say today starts to happen. Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. So I'm going to read another translation. There is no fear in love. This is verse 18 again. And I'm just reading out of a very literal translation. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. And then it, it goes on to say, we love because he first loved us. This is really the pinnacle of what John was saying. We love because he first loved us. You see? And John finishes up, and I'm, I'm just going to read um, verse 19 here. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, who he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. These seem like very basic statements here. And oftentimes 
we read this and we, we ask, okay, I know we need to do this. It sounds good. I'm in Bible study. I've heard this. And then we walk out the door and we wonder, how does this apply to our lives? Well, it applies in everything you do. So we ask ourselves, how does this apply to our lives in a practical way? Here you are, you've got the love of Christ in you, and you know the value that you were to God. And you see somebody in need. I remember this happened one day, I was in a coffee shop. I was there with my daughter. And this couple came in behind us and sat near us, and we could hear them talking about some of their needs and different things. And there was, there was some real needs they were talking about. Their circumstances were difficult. So when I got up to leave with my daughter, we walked by them and, and I just said hello to them. There was no one else around and we were just talking and I just had this smile on my face and it was just this love of God was just pouring right out of me. I had never met these people before. And we just got to talking enough and I said, I, I, I hear that, you know, we weren't eavesdropping, we just heard that there's some difficulty here, you have a need. Can we pray for you about that need? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And we did. And God's presence was so powerful for those two. I don't think they've ever experienced anything like it. It wasn't because I was praying real loud. That's not what I mean. God's presence was so powerful. His love was so powerful towards those two. And it just fell on them. And they were so grateful. God touched them that day. That was the love of God. And how about cases when, let's say you have a brother or sister in the Lord and they just don't see eye to eye with you on something, no matter what it's about. The question I sometimes ask myself, do I want to be right or do I want to nurture this relationship? I actually have some friends and acquaintances that usually hate everything I stand for. But with me, I have shown them so much love, they actually bypass those things and our differences. And they still call or, or talk now and then when, when they want to talk something out, interestingly enough. Because they're not threatened by me, they know that God's love is going to be there. And they know I'm a Christian. They know all these things. And that's the love of God. The love of God can be shown by giving somebody a glass of water, by walking somebody across the street who's weak and older, by sharing God's word with somebody who just looks like they're hurt and alone. This is the love of God. These are the practical applications of what John is talking about. He's saying God loved us and we received him. And in doing so, the natural extension of that love would be then to pour the same love out to somebody else. That's what it means. And we struggle to do this sometimes because we get upset with the people who are around us, the way they drive, the way they talk, the way they do things, the decisions they make. People who are very close to you and people you don't know at all. And love won't keep score of wrongs done to you. It will be patient. You can go right back to 1 Corinthians 13 and see the characteristics of love. But I wanted to go over this today just like this and look in, into 1 John 4 through these verses. And look at it in the broad sense where he's saying, God loved us first. And we received him. And we received his love. And in turn, we pour that love 
out of our own hearts. We let really God's love flow through us. That's really the better way to say it, that we allow God's love to flow through us because it's a decision that we make day by day. Sometimes we say, no, I'm not talking to that person. We do. We bypass them. Sometimes we say, I'd never talk to that person. They're, they did this and they do that and we don't like them. And it means we have some growing to do because we are not seeing the way God saw us. How many of us did God save when we are in a total disastrous mess in our lives? And the answer is all of us. And this isn't to condemn you. This is actually a way of saying, when God loved us that much, our job is to look at that love and begin to understand what God did for us. And in doing so, it would be a natural thing to have it flow right back out to others. You saw how God felt about you, and then in you, he feels that way towards others. That's how God spreads love throughout the world, through his people. So God is love. That's what this is about. And he is in you. So we allow God to grow that love in us so that when we do see people and needs and family issues and decisions and things, we always put that love first. That's the key here. It's a simple message, but a powerful one and one that requires us to really, really surrender our hearts to God and say, Lord, live through me. So brothers and sisters, I'm going to leave it there. This is very much a, a daily way of life for us, and it's something that we grow in, and it is the, the centerpiece of our lives. Love is the centerpiece of our lives. It's the most important thing. The greatest of these is love. We have faith and hope and love. That's how 1 Corinthians 13 ends. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. God bless you for listening today. We'll have a new episode next week, I'm sure, and we look forward to seeing you then. God bless you.